Welcome everyone. Welcome to Voice. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you guys are having an awesome morning so far. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on our social media, we had a little repost that said, I got it from my mama. And <laughs> you're supposed to fill out five things that you got from your mama. And I don't know why, but everything, I, I kept thinking about all of the bad things that I got from my mom. It's <laughs> like, I got the stretch marks. I got, I'm really impatient. I'm, I burn things a lot when I cook. <laughs> I don't know. So some of mine are more funny than like really fun and memorable. But you know what? Take the good with the bad, right? <laughs> so it's all good. So how many of you mamas are going to take full advantage of your Mother's Day privileges? I hope you got to sleep in. Maybe somebody gave you some breakfast this morning. I hope you take advantage of all the freebies that are out there for you today. It's your day, so celebrate. Go ahead. You can enjoy it. You deserve it. Um, and also, like Taka said, grab a gift on your way out for yourself or a mama that you love or your mom or whatever you want. We've got plenty of gifts here for you guys to take. So just bless someone today. Even if, if you don't have a mom or if you're not, if you're not a mom, Take one for someone that you love. It's all good. Um, so I, I do want to acknowledge that today is not always an easy day for everyone. And there are people here who may have lost your mom or maybe you're estranged from your mom. Or maybe you didn't know your mom or maybe you lost a child. And I just want you guys to know that today that God sees you and that you matter. And that if you need a hug, we're here for you too. So well, yes, we want to celebrate every kind of mom that there is, foster mom, adoptive mom, birth mom, spiritual mom, all the, all the kinds of moms. We celebrate you to today, but we also want to say for those of you who are experiencing pain on this day, we love you too. And um, if you need a hug, if you want prayer, we're here for you as well. Um, so while today is Mother's Day, the message is not necessarily focused on Mother's Day, we are in the middle of a Hello, My Name is Jesus sermon series, um, and I believe that this passage kind of does tie into Mother's Day, but it's not only just for moms. I think there's going to be a lot of encouragement for everyone here today. There's something for everyone, no matter where you are in the mother spectrum, okay? So we have been going through the book of Luke, and we today are on Luke chapter 18, um, and you can see in your bulletins, there's a little space to take notes, and it's got the passage written on there. So if you want to take notes, you want to write it down, or if you don't have your Bible, don't worry. I ha I'm going to be reading it out loud to you, so you're covered, you're good if you don't have it with you. But if you want to open up, go ahead and open it up to Luke 18, 1 through 8. So we're going to dive in. And I like to start by just reading the scripture, and then we're going to talk about it and what it means and how it applies to us today. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice with this dispute in, with my enemy. But the judge ignored her for a while. But he finally said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? 
I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have the faith in him? Okay, that's it. That's the end. <laughs> just kidding. That whole passage will just preach a whole sermon all by itself. It doesn't even need me to go over it. It's so good. There's so much to unpack there. But I'm so excited to dive into this because there is so much good in there. There's so much encouragement for us. And there's so much for us to think about in there. So we're going we're gonna to tackle it today. First and foremost, like I said, um, I don't believe that it was actually a coincidence. We planned out this series like a long time ago, and we have assigned the passages a long time ago. We didn't know it was going to fall on Mother's Day. I didn't know I was going to be the one speaking. We didn't know it was going to be happening in our church at that time. So I don't believe that this passage is coincidental at all. I really think God like put that together because I don't think there's a more appropriate time for that specific passage in the life of our church and in just in our own lives for that passage. So you guys heard Taka mention that um, we're going to be fasting and praying in a couple of weeks for our church and for our city. And there's never been a time better to be fasting and praying for what's going on in our church and in our world. Um, obviously, we're fasting and praying for something to work out with our building. And so this passage really encouraged me when I read through it. I was like, Lord, this was a now word for me because I need to remember to keep on asking, keep on asking. But not only that, but I think that um, this was meant to be a blessing for some of us who struggle on this specific day. So let's go ahead and talk about this passage. So what do we really know about this woman? We don't really know that much. We just know, the only thing we really know about her is that she was a widow and that she had an enemy who was trying to take advantage of her, basically. Um, but what we do know is that she, like we said, she was a widow and that she had suffered a loss. And so anyone who has suffered the loss, the loss of a loved one knows the weight of that grief and not only was she dealing with that, but at that time in history, women and especially widows were considered very vulnerable. Um, it's, it was not like today where women could go out and get a job and make a good living for themselves. They, most of the jobs were given to men and they were considered the main caregivers. And so um, she was considered very vulnerable. And it was well known that widows were considered vulnerable at that time. And God had really specific special instructions for believers on how they were to care for the widows. And he has a really, really special place in his heart for widows, actually. And he mentions them over 80 times in the Bible. It was so important to him. He loves these widows so much. He loves the vulnerable so much that he gave instructions 80 different times about how to care for, for them. And so I'm just going to read a couple of those verses really quick, but one of them is Isaiah 117, and it says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. And then another one is, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling, and that's Psalms 68.5. And then the last one is Deuteronomy 27.19, and it says, Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. So he had put special laws and provisions in place to safeguard 
these women from getting neglected or abused or taken advantage of. And he even had instructed the Israelites to leave the corner portions of their fields, which was in that day, that was their income. So he said, leave the corners of the fields for the widows and the foreigners and the orphans to be able to take something to take care of themselves, to either to fill them with sustenance or to sell for themselves because they don't have any other way of making money or caring for themselves. So for them, God was saying, I really, really, really care about widows. So we don't know, like I said, we don't know a lot about this woman, but what I do see about her, I really like, I can identify with. This woman was persistence. And persistent, sorry. <laughs> she, the Greek word is likely translated right here as, or from a Hebrew word called chutzpah. How many of you have ever heard the wor word chutzpah? Okay, so basically chutzpah means extreme confidence or audacity. It's what you say about someone who has guts, who does not back down in a situation that is really difficult. They are very stubborn, right? <laughs> and so she had chutzpah. She had extreme confidence or audacity. And that is the attitude that God wants us to have when we come to him in prayer, when we're asking him for, to take care of us for a need that we have. He wants us to have chutzpah, extreme audacity, okay? And she was confidently persistent because she knew her source. She knew the truth that had been laid out already for her in Isaiah and Psalm and Deuteronomy, and she knew that her God was faithful to do what he said he would do. Now, how many of you have ever been in a situation like this where you were believing for God to do something that was not likely and people thought maybe you were like naive or just, you know, unaware of what's going on in the world around you? I, I've totally had that where people are like, oh, you're, you have a crutch, you know, you're naive, that's not going to work out. And then God comes through real big, right? And then people are like, oh, maybe you weren't naive, maybe God is real, okay? But... Yeah, anyway, she knew that God was good for it. She knew that this judge was not her source. So how many of you have ever, have ever also gotten into a place where you got your source mixed up? Now, when I say, like, your source, I mean where you're, where you're getting your life, your sustenance, right? She was not looking to this judge to be her sustenance. She knew who her source was, her source was God. But whenever we put expectations on a person or an institution, inevitably they're going to disappoint us because there is no perfect person. There is no perfect institution. God is our only source. He's the one we can depend on. He's the one we can count on for everything. He is the one who provides what we need. So we have to be careful not to misplace our trust in the wrong source. See, we're not at the mercy of this world. We're at the mercy of, of God. And we believe that all things flow through him. You know what else I love about her is that she did not care if she annoyed this man. Like, she did not care at all. She's like, I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to ask you five times a day. And if you're not, like, if you don't give in, I'm just going to keep asking. And she was not, she just didn't care. How many of you have ever been in that position? I don't know what you, but I'm an Enneagram 9, and it takes, like, all of me to, like, ask one time for someone to do something for me. So I'm like, 
can you like please maybe I help me I need a little bit I but you know if it's it's okay if it's like too hard for you I get it you know and I sometimes like don't have that chutzpah in me to go wait no I need to ask and I need to stick up for myself and I need to go forward because I know that God wants good for my life and so I don't know about you but that's me sometimes I struggle with having that chutzpah in my life but she did not care she did not care if she annoyed this man she knew what God said about justice for the widows and therefore she was not going to let this go so when you know your source is good for it you don't have a problem holding up your end of the deal and I said yes you have an end of the deal some of you maybe have had a hard time committing to your end of the deal because you don't know that he's good for it and I don't know about you, but I've struggled with that in my life to go, God, are you really good for this? Are you really going to come through for me the way that you say you're going to come through for me? Are you really as good as they say that you are? But you can't have faith in your source unless you know your source. I know that sounds really silly, but you can't have faith in your source unless you know your source. So how do we know our source? The only way we can do that is by having a relationship with him. We need to get ourselves into the Bible, reading about how good he is, encouraging ourselves with the word. We need to get in prayer, connecting with him and listening because he wants to connect with you so bad. He's a good God. He said, seek me with all of your heart and you will find me. He wants to be found. He wants to be known by you. So if you, I mean, if you are struggling Knowing if God's good for it, that is my best advice to you, is to dive into the Bible and see the good things that he's, he has said for us. And I don't know about you, but this year, more than any year, and I'm sure you all can identify with this, I have had so many times where I was like, God, where are you at? What are you doing? This year is insane. What's happening in my life is insane. And if I did not, I mean, there were so many days where I had to just open up my Bible and just just lean into that because I'm like, God, you're going to have to speak today because this day is crazy. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But every time I would open up my Bible, it was like just almost like he was speaking right to me through those verses. He wants to be found by you. So just open it up. Learn it. Learn him. Know your source. Get to know how good he is. And have extreme audacity about the word, about the goodness of God. The other thing that we know about this widow is that she had an enemy who was wanting to take advantage of her. And she's not the only one who's ever had an enemy. We've all had physical enemies, right? We've all had people who, maybe some of us have had people who've picked on us or people who have tried to come against us. Um, but we also have, we believe at this church, we believe that we have a spiritual enemy and that his one goal, the Bible says, is to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. And he does not fight fair, unfortunately. He loves to kick you when you're down. <laughs> he doesn't care about your situation in life. He's like, you're down, great. I'm going to come after you anyways. <laughs> and not only that, but he comes after our mind. He comes after our thoughts. And what he, the way he does that is by trying to distract us and by trying to shift our focus from God, from our true center, from our true north. He wants to shift us and just get us distracted. And, you know, he's like coming after us and things that trying to be like, oh, he's not good. 
God's not kind. He doesn't do those things. Don't trust him. He wants, he wants to pile on so much negativity on you that it's hard for you to focus on the goodness of God. But so I come from the Midwest, and in the Midwest, we have some pretty crazy storms, snowstorms. And there's days when the snowstorms are so bad, especially at nighttime, and if you don't have good, like, street lights, it's really hard to know where you're going because the snow can come down so heavy and so hard that you can't really see where you're going. And the only way to get through the storm and to get where you're trying to go is, to by, focus, is by focusing on the center line. You have to focus on the center line when you're driving. If you start focusing or looking at what's going on around you and looking at all the bad, the scary around you, you will inevitably end up steering towards the negative. And that's how our life is too. Our enemy wants us to steer towards the negative and focus on the negative instead of focusing on the goodness of God and focusing on where he wants us to be, right in the center with him. So we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, especially in the darkest moments of our life, especially in the hard moments. We have to focus back on the center or we can get distracted or taken away into the negative. Hebrews 12, 2 through 3 says, And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting, awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then... You won't become weary and give up. So we, we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I love that this woman also knew whose she was. She was not willing to be walked over. Her eyes were fixed on God and not her problems. See, she was not going to be defined by her struggle, but she was determined that she was going to be defined by her victory and who she was in God. And I'm just going to say this. Some of you have been defining yourself by your struggles or your difficulties in life. And I'm just going to, I want you to think about that for a moment because I've been there where I have started to see the difficulties and the pain and the problems of my life. And I started to identify myself by those things. But the truth is that that is not who you are. Your struggle is not you. You are not your struggle. And some of us have used that struggle as an excuse to excuse ourselves from the fight. Maybe you have even been at a place, I've been here, where you've nursed that pain and you've nursed that struggle and you've made it a part of you. And God is like, no. Do not let the enemy take your focus off of the truth of who you are and who I am. Do not let the enemy, the enemy win the fight for your focus or your identity. God does not define you by your struggle. He defines you as his victorious child. Not because of anything that you've done or because you're perfect or because you have it all together. Because Lord knows none of us have it all together, right? But because of who he is. He defeated and conquered death in the grave for you. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. So the creator God himself defines you 
and calls you by name. Now, I'm going to share a little story. Um, a few weeks ago, we had seen a little stray dog running around our neighborhood, and he was so cute, and he had walked up to our girls, and he kind of looked a little bit hungry and kind of scared, and he, didn't, he looked like he had been lost. He didn't have his name tag on. So we thought maybe he was a, a stray. We didn't think he had an owner, so we took him in and kind of cleaned him up, and we fed him, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do with this dog now? And we thought, well, maybe we'll see if somebody wants to take him. But then we're like, okay, actually, I think we, we need to take him to the shelter because we need to make sure that he doesn't have a chip. So we took him to the shelter, and they took his pictures and all the stuff that they do. And then we took him back home, waiting to hear if anyone would claim him. And so um, actually, they did. We got a call, a couple, like maybe one or two days later, and they said, I think you have my dog. And we were like, okay, well, prove it, right? Like, prove to us that you are this dog's true master. You're this dog's owner. And so we said, okay, well, call him by his name. And you guys, I, I hope I don't cry telling you this story because it was like a holy moment. <laughs> like, God was like speaking to me through this dog. But the do so the owner's like, well, the dog's name is Milo. And we had been calling him Travis. I don't know why we called him Travis. He, he didn't like it. He barely responded to it. It was a dumb name. I don't know why we called him that name. It was like, that's an adult man's name, not a dog's name. But <laughs> we had been calling him that. So the owner said, call him by his name. His name is Milo. And Taka looked over at him, and he said, hey, is your name Milo? And it was the most amazing thing. That dog immediately looked over. He perked up. And all of that fear and that anxiety that he had totally left. He was like a totally different dog because we saw him and we were like, we know your name. And you know your name. You know who you are. You know whose you are. And it was like the, the moment that we told that dog who he was, the moment we said his name, we reminded him of who he was, he became fully himself. He became so confident in who he was. He was a different dog. He was snuggling with us because he knew that his master was coming for him. He was confident because he knew his master was coming for him. And I was like watching this and the, the guy came and he picked up the dog and he was so happy and he was jumping and leaping. It was the most like holy special moment. And I was like, this is like Jesus talking to me right now about how much he loves us. And no matter how far away we go, he will always come back for us if we know who we are in him, right? He was, he was at ease. He was happy and he knew his master. So the one who holds power over life and death, heaven and hell and everything on this earth calls you sons and daughters. He calls you his children. That's who you are. And if even this evil man, right, cannot turn the woman down, how much more is God who loves you, who is your father, who is your master, who loves you, going to come through for you? So don't excuse yourself from the fight because sometimes God needs to know if you're good for it too. He's going to fight for you, but you need to fight too. You need to develop the muscle and not give up in who you are. Don't give up. you got to have that chutzpah like the woman did, right? We need to do, learn how to develop strength in our difficulty. 
So I'm sure a lot of you have heard the word PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. But there's also another thing that happens sometimes when we go through difficult circumstances, and it's called PTGS. It's called post-traumatic growth syndrome. So sometimes when we experience hard times, we have to be healed, and we need to go through that healing process. But also, on the other side of that, we can experience post-traumatic growth, and it can actually make us stronger as a person, can actually change us for the better if we choose to go that route, if we choose to go through the healing, and if we choose to let it grow us and let it change us in a positive way. See, if we stay tied to Jesus, he intends for us to turn that stress and that pain that we've gone through, those hardships and those circumstances, into growth. See, the enemy wants to attack, right? He wants to have the opposite effect on you. But what ends up happening when we stay connected to Jesus, if we refuse to give in to his intimidation, is that we end up growing stronger. We end up growing more persistent. How many of you ever had something like that happen where you're like, something comes against you, and at first you feel defeated, but then something happens, and it's like, no, I'm going to dig my heels in even more. I'm going to stand up even taller. No, I'm not going to get struck down by this. I'm going to grow forward from this. And so, yes, it hurts for a moment, but then we can choose to rise up if we stay connected to God. And at our house, we when we moved in to our house, we had, it, our backyard was kind of ugly and kind of everything was dead. And we had a bunch of rose bushes around the house that I had thought were gone and dead. And um, it turns out that they had just been chopped. Have you, have you guys have ever heard of the, like, what's it called? Like the French chop or something like that? I don't know. It's when you, like, chop all the branches off, and it looks super ugly. And it's probably really painful, and it's not a cute time for that tree. But then within a few weeks, the more that you chop the dead off, it grows even bigger, and it blooms huge. And so we've been, like, really caring for our rose bushes because just a few weeks after we moved in, those things were blooming like crazy, and we've been cutting and chopping off all the dead things off of it, and they're just, like, taking off, and they're growing. They, they look amazing. But that's how it is in our life with God. He prunes us sometimes, and it's painful when we go through painful experiences. But he can take you into a place where you bloom out of that pain. It doesn't have to just be chopped and dead. It's chopped and making room for new growth, making room for good. James 1, 2 through 4 says this, and it makes it stick out to me. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So God is able to take your wounds and turn them into a major glow up. Just like those rose bushes. He can take your wounds and make you, give you a major, major glow up if you stay connected to him. God has called you to a victorious life. 
You are not your struggles. You are a child of God and destined for a victorious life. It does not mean that you're not going to encounter things that are unfair. People will probably lie about you. People will probably try to take advantage of you in life. The people will try to keep you from succeeding and thriving. It happens to all of us. We all experience these things. But in Christ, you can confidently bounce back when you know your source, when you resist your enemy, and when you stay persistent. Don't give up. Keep asking because he will come through for you. You can count on God. He is good for it. He's good to intervene. So before we close, I always like to take a moment and ask myself where I see myself in the story. And um, so I think it's good for us to just take a moment and go, okay, do I see myself anywhere in this story? Do I identify with any of these characters? And there's just a few people that we can just really quick take a glance at. And I want us to think about this before we go into worship. So the first one is the judge. Do you have the power to change someone else's future? Some of you here today have just could, with the stroke of a pen, it could change someone's life. Whether that's through giving or whether that's, you could provide life or death, thriving or poverty with, for someone with literally one stroke of a pen. So if you find yourself maybe as that person, I want you to ask yourself what you could do with that kind of power for good. What kind of story do you want to be written about you? If you have that kind of power, if you have that kind of influence, what good could you do for somebody else? Maybe you find yourself in the position of the widow. Maybe you're in a place where you're very vulnerable um, or where you've experienced a lot of pain. Maybe you have been kicked while you were down. Um, and you know some, some days feel like it's a fight for survival. I, I know some stories in this in this place today and I know that some of you are in a fight for survival and it's been a rough road and I want you to think about what God is saying to you today and I just I, I pray that today you leave here encouraged knowing that God is for you not only is he for you but he has a special place in his heart for you he fights for you but don't give up keep on asking for that miracle keep on asking because God is not annoyed with your asking. He's not annoyed with your asking and I think you need to hear that today. He loves you and he never goes back on his promise. He doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't go back on who he is. He's good for it. And I hate even bringing this one up because it's always cringy to even say this one, but there's also the other one. There's one other person in this story, and it's the enemy of the widow. Um, and I think some of us also have to, like, consider, take a moment and go, have I tried to stand in anyone else's way? Have I tried to take advantage of someone else or step over somebody else who is in a vulnerable place? Um, you know, even sometimes, like, gossip is like that. Gossip hurts people. I, just this year, someone has tried to smear me online, and it, it hurt, man. <laughs> but God is with us, okay? But I think we need to consider, where are we in this story? Have we played any of these roles in this story? And what is God saying to us about that?
Maybe today is the day to correct the narrative and to try to make space for other people to survive, to survive and thrive. And maybe you don't see yourself in the story at all. Maybe you're like, I'm not any of those. I'm just here. I'm just living my life. I don't, have, I don't relate to any of those people. But I do think that this is a great opportunity for you to go, okay, well, how can I represent Christ well in the theme of this story? This is a great chance for us to be the people of God, to do good for the vulnerable. Because we know that he asked us to care for the widows and the orphans and the foreigners. So how can we do that? How can we care for them? One of the ways we can do that is like Taka mentioned, we can grab a baby bottle today. We can send some of those teen parents to summer camp. We can help provide for them. We can help care for them. It's a week that's life-changing for them. Um, I was telling our team before service that last time that we went to camp and I was a little cabin leader and every single girl there made a decision for Christ. Every single one in my cabin. And so I know that it is hugely fruitful and hugely impactful. But maybe, maybe that's not for you. Maybe you want to foster. Maybe you've been thinking about adopting or maybe today is the day you just reach out to a single mom and you say, I see your struggle. I know how hard it has been for you. Can I watch your kids for you today? Can I just, can I take you out to lunch? Can I buy you some groceries? What can I do? Or maybe even spend some time with an actual widow who may be struggling and alone, an older person who's maybe at home in their, sitting in their nursing home and they have no one to visit them. Maybe this is, maybe God is speaking to you to do that. I don't know, whatever God is saying to you on this Mother's Day, the best way we can all honor and carry the heart of God is to care for his children and to care for his people. So as we head into worship, I just want you to consider what God is asking of you today. What is he speaking to your heart? Who do you identify with in that story? What is, that, what is your action for today? And maybe your action before we go, I, I always want to give this opportunity. Maybe your action is, I've actually never trusted God before ever. And I really think he wants me to. I think he's telling me that today is the day that we can have a relationship for the first time. And so if that's you today, if you want to just, even in your heart, right where you are, just say, God, I really want a relationship with you. I believe in you. I trust you to be my good, good father, just like that song we sang. I trust you to be my good, good father. Not people not institutions, not people who have let us down. We don't put our faith and our trust in them. There's been a lot of hurt in our lives, but God, you're good for it. You're a good father. You love us. And so if that's you and you just want to give your life to God today, do it. Just right now in this worship service, just tell him. There's no magic formula. Just tell him that you're ready and that you're ready to meet him. Favor that if you do do that after service, come over here and talk to me because I want to pray with you. I want to meet you. I want to give you a Bible and I want to talk to you about what this means to have a relationship with Jesus. Um, but I think that um, I think that as we go into worship, God has some things for each of us to think through and consider.
So if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment, I'm going to pray for you, and then let's head in. God, I just thank you for every person who's here today. I thank you that um, we can leave today encouraged, knowing that we are loved, and that you are so good for your promises. You will not leave us. You will never leave us, and you will never forsake us. And I just pray every person leaves today knowing and being reassured by that love that we can keep on asking, we can come into your presence with confidence, knowing that you are good for us. Amen.